the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Seven. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I hope you know Christ is your Savior. And I'm telling you what, there's nothing like that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we invite you to listen to Exploring the Word today as we're in the book of Galatians. And it's been a journey as we go through. And uh, we're in chapter four today. And your host, Bert Harper, that's me, and Dr. Alex McFarland. That's the guy that's coming on and speaking right now. Hey, Alex. <laughs> Hello, Brother Bert. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, brother. It's good to go through the book of Galatians. We've done it one time before, and each time you do it, don't you get a refreshing of something new? And it's, it's the Word of God is, is it's, you know, set in heaven. It is settled. But it's amazing what happens to us is we're enlightened with more Scripture and more things as we see different things from the Word of God that we did not see before. You, you know what? This morning in my devotions, I, I uh, got up pretty early this morning. Bert, I got up a minute or so after 6, but I read Galatians 4 a couple of times this morning, and I was just reflecting on that about all that we have as heirs, and we're going to talk about that, but we do welcome everybody to Exploring the Word. We're in the book of Galatians, then later on in the show, we open up and we take phone calls, and by the way, the number, if you want to call in with a Bible question, you might want to write this down, but it's 888-589-8840, but Bert, I've got to tell you a phone call I had just moments ago and he might be listening, but we have a Cambodian listener out in California, um, kind of near Santa Barbara County, but David Chang. Now, he's from Cambodia, and his last name, and, and forgive me, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, it, it's kind of like Ten Chang, Ten Chang, sort of. So, uh, but Bert, he, uh, we, we emailed back and forth about a year ago, and today we talked, and for one thing, um, he was talking about how AFR and AFA has changed his life. And Bert, listen, I give God the glory, but he said, Alex and Bert and Exploring the Word has changed his life. David uh, came to the Lord a year ago, I suppose, listening to the program, and he told me today, just moments ago, he said, my life has changed so much, and he said, my life has changed mostly because of you and Bert. And we were talking, and he was asking about how to share the Lord with members of his family from Cambodia, and we talked about that. We prayed with him, and he was just talking about how Jesus coming into his life has radically, radically changed his Amen. life. And so, folks, this is what the Word of God does. And David, uh, out in California, his, his English is coming along. The first time he and I talked about a year ago, um, it was hard for me to understand him, and I think hard for him to understand me. But I told him today, I said, man, your English has come a long way. But Bert, don't we give God the glory? We thank the Lord for listeners like, like David Chang out there, that they've either come to Christ or maybe come back to Christ through the ministry of Exploring the Word. 
Matter of fact, that was the purpose of Exploring the Word when it began. Uh, Tim and Marvin Sanders, as they were looking, uh, yes, we believe in activation of not just the gospel, but in uh, all areas of life, political, social, all these areas. But they said around 3 o'clock, we're ready just to give the the whole program to sharing the Word of God. And, and so, Alex, uh, the evangelism, the discipleship that goes on during this hour, we give God the glory, and we just thank the Lord for the opportunity to do so. And so, David, if you're listening, praise the Lord, brother. Keep growing. Keep going. Don't back up. Uh, you know, do what, Daniel, purpose in your heart that you're going to serve God. And so, Amen. Alex, uh, you know, that purpose, we're born with purpose. God gives us that purpose. And when we realize it and live it out, there is nothing more fulfilling that I found in my life than following God. Amen. Amen. And we, we give God all the glory. And Galatians 4, I, I know, you know, we, Bert puts the car in drive. I put the car in reverse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just let's uh, revisit this for just a second. In uh, Galatians 4, it talks about the child under the servants. Um, a child is no different than a servant, even though he is heir of all things. Isn't that something? It is. He's under the yeah. tutors and the governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we... When we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now, I want to say something that I want you to comment on. Law is all about duty, but grace is all about really love and gratitude. And you know what? In a way, all right, Jesus paid our sin debt on the cross. We put our faith in Jesus, and because of who he is, the Son of God, and because of what he did, he atoned for all of our guilt on Calvary's cross. I honestly think the Christian could and should do more than those that were back under the law. Oh, Not because we're working for salvation, but really there's more responsibility on us under grace because we realize that we've been saved. And so I think we do more for Jesus out of love and gratitude than under law and duty. Now, I agree with you, but I would say this and add to it, not contradicting. Even back then, they were not saved by keeping the law. Uh, yeah, the law cannot save. We've gone over that in chapter 3, that it leaves us hopeless. It served as a means for God showing us how desperately we need someone who could have kept the law and did keep the law and took our place to pay for the sin, and that was Jesus Christ. And and when you read verse 3, notice what takes place in verse 4. But, in other words, when this bondage and the elements of the world, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and I'm just going to read the first two words of verse 5, and we'll get to the rest of it, to redeem. Alex, <laughs> when I, I just underlined all that. That's underlined in red in my Bible. When, But when, when the fullness of time had come, God at that appointed time sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? to redeem. Damn. And notice oh, the rest of that. Those who were under the law, 
that we might receive the adoption as sons. And that adoption is that position we have. We become that person that receives. Uh, once you come into Christ, you're the son of God, and, and you have received that heirship. And now it's yours as well. It's not just your father's. It's yours as well that he's given to us. Alex, I got to go back. Fullness of time. That phrase is full of meaning, isn't it? Mm. Well, yes, at precisely the right time. And we've talked about this many times, but it's it's interesting. Jesus was born at a precise time in a precise place for a specific purpose. And really, and, and remember, all that God does, he does things for our good and his glory. And salvation he doesn't override our free will um he works in our life and the holy spirit i guess you might say enables us to come along willingly but where jesus was born jesus was born in bethlehem during a time of of roman occupation and there was this latin phrase the pax romana the peace of rome there was an international language uh really uh, Latin and Greek was used around the world as a language of commerce and and civics, really. And many a scholar has observed that the, the timing of Christ's birth really was at an ideal time to introduce something that could be spread around the world. And there's even probably many dynamics at play that we don't even know about completely. But when Galatians 4, 4 says... When the fullness of time had come. And, you know, one thing I'm going to say this, um, and I'd love to talk about the word uh, redemption, to redeem those that were under the law. But the word about fullness of time is a word uh, from, from which we get, one of the words is the word plethora, which is um, like an abundance of things. And I, and I take that to mean there were a, an abundant amount of conditions that were just right. And the father said, okay, now. Yeah. The, um, you know, the promise of the ages, the incarnation of God to pay our sin and be our Savior. Really, folks, and, and I love history, the most significant occurrence is all of history, in all of history, is that the Son of God came onto the stage of world history to be our Savior. And it I changed mean, everything. It's changed yeah. everything. I hope it's changed the lives of those who are listening, Alex, you know, because the whole idea of the fullness of time and the other word that you wanted to get to, to redeem, at mm -hmm. that point in time, this is what is best they know. Sixty million slaves uh, in, in the Roman Empire. And what they would hmm. do if a slave was redeemed had two choices. One, they could, uh, excuse me, they could be bought and then they could serve as a slave or they could be purchased and be set free. Christ purchased us to set us free. And that's what the book of Galatians has so much to say about the freedom and the liberty. He has redeemed us. He has paid the price in order to set us free. I can't help but think of Hosea and Gomer uh, when Gomer was on the slave market after years of rebellion, and Hosea goes and purchases her to bring him back to her as his wife. And so this redemption is real, 
And and the whole idea, it says, to redeem those who were under the law. And again, he's writing these churches in Galatia, the believers there, and they had were hearing these Judaizers that wanted to take them back under the law to show that they were so-called mature. Alex, uh, freedom is what Christ has given us, and it's freedom to be who Christ has made us to be. We started off the program with God's purpose for us. God's purpose is for us to be unto him a glory and honor and give him that. And so in the fullness of time, at the right moment, at the right time, Jesus came, and he came with purpose to give us purpose, did he not? Well, and he really did. He, to redeem those that were under the law, redemption. I mean, so many songs have been written, you know, about having been redeemed, we were bought with a price, and that's true. I think most most people could get the idea that, okay, we, we're guilty, we need to be forgiven. Or we have, uh, you know, this judgment, and there's got to be a ransom paid. But, folks, to think about how much we've been saved from, and you know, the, the gravity of our guilt before God and what God in his love did to get us forgiven, saved, redeemed. I, I, I don't know that we can actually comprehend it, but, you know, the word redeem, it, there, there are two words that in the English that come out of the Greek word, the Greek word redeem, Galatians 4, 5, to redeem those under the law. And when we get back, may I, may I share what these two words are that come to us? in English, from the Greek word redeem. Amen. We're going to do that when we come back, and we're going to continue in Galatians chapter 4. If you, where you can, get your Bible and join in on this Bible study. This is Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jessica Rosenworcel, acting chair of the Federal Communications Commission. Her agency regulates radio, television, wire, satellite, and cable across the United States. Proverbs 15.2 reminds us of the importance of good communication. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Jessica Rosenworcel in her role at the FCC. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. People often ask how God could send people to hell for their sins. Well, Dr. Tony Evans says he doesn't. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. There is a common misunderstanding, and that is that people don't go to heaven because of their sins. If that were true, even saved people couldn't go to heaven because saved people still sin. People don't miss heaven because of their sin. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. His last words on the cross were, it is finished, paid in full. When non-believers are judged in Revelation chapter 20, their sins are never brought up because the sin was paid for. Let's say, 
I buy you a brand new car. It's a brand new car. Now that's not going to happen, but for the sake of the uh, for the sake of an illustration, I buy you a brand new car. You would be a fool to start sending in monthly payments. It's all been covered, but just cuz it's paid for doesn't mean you're driving it. You have to receive what is paid for in order to benefit from the payment that has been made. People don't go to hell because they've sinned. Sin has been paid for. They don't go to heaven because they have not responded in order to receive the gift that was paid for, which is designed to give them eternal life. But you can respond and receive the gift today. Visit TonyEvans.org, click on the top menu, and follow the link that says Jesus. Tony has a short video that explains everything you need to know and some free follow-up resources to get you started. Visit today so you'll know for sure where you'll spend eternity. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex. And Alex, right before we were going to break, you were going to tell us some information about the word redeemed and the English, two English words that we get from that. I want to hear this myself. Well, have you ever heard the word uh, exact, like uh, somebody exacted a payment, you know, the, uh, the, the bill collector exacted three months rent, you know, it means to draw something out because generally the prefix ex means out of, exit, to get out of something, you know. So in redemption, there's the idea that the precise price was exacted, and our guilt before a holy God was satisfied in Jesus. But interestingly, Galatians 4, 5, what was Jesus' purpose in coming? To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Okay, the word redeem means to exact or to pay a penalty. But the other word that we get, interestingly, is the word exaggerate. Now, when we think of um, exaggeration, the way we mostly use that word would be, you know, like to over overact or something, you know, put on a show, exaggerated. But it also means, it, really, the word exaggerate means to bring out the aches and the pains. And when we exaggerate, you know, we explain what we're going through or we're trying to bring to the surface something that was unseen under the surface. Now, here's the thing about the exaggeration, bringing to light something that we didn't know about. Apart from Jesus, we don't even realize what a bad state we're in. You know, that's why we need, we often use the word conviction. And maybe you've heard pastors say, well, so-and-so was under conviction. Friend, that's a good thing to be under conviction. Because when the Holy Spirit makes you aware that your sins have separated between you and God, as the Bible says, um, we need... The, the gravity of our lost condition brought to light. And in redemption, God shows us of our need. God reveals to us the solution, Jesus. We realize that 
the price has been paid. And so we become a participant in that redemption by receiving Christ. And look at Galatians 4, 5. We have the adoption of sons. Right now, friend, God says, I want you to be a part of my family. And I'm going to adopt you. And all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. And that familial status, being into God's family through relationship with Jesus... That's available to one and all, isn't it? It is. And again, we want you to know Christ as Savior. Uh, Devin and I, our producer, were talking about how sometimes our words as Christian become so familiar to us, but they're unfamiliar to those that were, were not brought up in church. They're not even listening, but they've turned the radio on now and they're listening. To be right with God is what we're talking about. To be right with God means you have to come into a real living relationship with him. And God has provided that through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the perfect man. The, he was the God man, completely, nearly close to incomprehensible how he did that and who he was. But that's what it means there in verse 4 when he says, born of a woman, the virgin birth, Christ came and he did what was necessary in order to be that person that could go to the cross, give his life for us, as you use the word ransom, to redeem us, to pay the exact price to, to do that for us so that we could be in a relationship with God. He overcame sin and death. He rose again the third day. And Alex, he has done everything that is necessary for us. He even sent his Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. That means he's convicting that. And you were talking about the word conviction being a good thing. That comes from the Holy Spirit, and he not only convicts you, then he draws you and the, because the Father wants you and Jesus has died for you. And you can ask him to be your Savior and Lord. You can surrender your life to him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can bring to deserve this relationship, but I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and I come to you surrendering my life to you, asking you to be my Lord and Savior. I pray that you've mm. done that. And if you have done that, there's a number we want you to call. It's 888-NEED-HIM. 888-NEED-HIM. Or you may be not quite ready. You have some questions to ask. That number is good for that. These are our partners in ministering the Great Commission. 888-NEED-HIM. Give them a call right mm. now. They I'm so glad you. we gave that number. It's, it's been a day or two since we've given that number. And, you know, a lot of people need encouragement. A lot of people just, um, you need somebody to talk to who will, you know, give you just a little little lift and some insights from God's Word. Triple eight, need Him. Good folks to talk to, isn't it, Bert? They are. Now listen to verse, verse 6. And it says, you've become sons, you've been adopted, and because of this, <laughs> because you were sons. Now, Alex, I just before I read anything, notice, because of the redemption, you receive it. And because of that receiving, you are sons of God, that God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying mm. out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit comes in, and we talked about this yesterday. He baptized us. The Holy Spirit comes into us. 
putting us and brings Christ into our lives, realizing who he is to the point where we have this real, as we talked about, personal relationship, Abba Father. It can be translated dearest father. Uh, uh, it could be translated daddy father. It's a very, and, and what I'm saying, it's very real. It's a relationship. It's not foreign. It's close up and personal, Alex. Well, amen, it is. And a lot of people have, you know, talked about that Galatians 6, 6, that our hearts cry, Abba, Father. And, uh, you know, that's Aramaic. It's interesting. Uh, by the way, you know, we often talk about, well, what a word means. Let me tell you, Abba, what that word means. It means Abba. <laughs> and uh, it's Aramaic and Chaldean. The, the tense, and I don't want to get too much into the 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 weeds on grammar and linguistic linguistics, but actually it's kind of uh, vocative tense, and it, it means something personal. Yeah. You know, I mean, many people know that um, Bert Harper is on Exploring the Word. Uh, I know him personally. I don't just know Bert as the host of Exploring the Word, but I know Bert as a friend. Uh, you might say that my knowledge of Bert is vocative in that it's personal. And you've got to understand what a revelation this would have been to people in the first century. Because we are sons, God put within us the Spirit of His Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Son. Remember in John 15, 16, He said He would go away and He would send God the Spirit. Thereby, to the Father, we cry, Abba, Daddy, we know the Lord. Now, in Galatians 4, 6, right here, You've got Father, Son, and Spirit. You've got the Trinity right there in that verse, don't you, Bert? You do. And and it's a personal knowledge of all three. If you're a born-again believer, you have a personal connection with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And we can therefore, what, what would have been the word for daddy at that time? We'd say, Abba, Father, God is our daddy. He is that close. And notice what happens. The redemption, the receiving of the adoption, and now your sons, and because your sons, you can have this relationship, the Spirit of God in you. And then it brings about verse uh, 7, and these are just key words. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then heir of God through Christ. Now, this this brings in our, our, our position in Christ, it tells about our possessions in Christ, the things mm. we have. Alex, this is a complete transaction. It's not a partial transaction. Uh, yes, we have been redeemed, and therefore when that redemption takes place, we come into this real relationship where we receive all that God has for us. This, <laughs> There's nothing lacking. Here, you know, uh, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in this present world. When this mm -hmm. transaction has been made, when Christ came in the fullness of time, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us that we might receive this uh, position of adoption as sons, and therefore we get the possessions that God has for us, heirs of all things. Alex, uh, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, ask a kind of, a, I think, a silly question, but it is real. 
it, you know, it's the best deal I can ever think of. You know, uh, amen. Can you th- I can't think of anything better than receiving life, receiving what we have in Christ. Did you ever see that gospel tract uh, on the front? It says, "What, what you miss by being a Christian?" Question mark. And and people I might have think, seen oh, that. Yeah, you might miss out on some good times, or might miss, no. You open it up, it says, "Here's what you miss by being a Christian: hell." You're you're going to gain everything else, but you'll miss hell. And that's right. We are so blessed to know him. And verse 7, no more a servant but a son. Then uh, verses 8 and following sort of transition says, How be it then when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. In other words, when when you were not saved, you, you religiously followed things that weren't God. But now you know the true God. But now, after that you've known God, or rather are known of God, Paul in verse 9 says, why are you turning back yep. to, the, to the empty, vain things that did nothing but bind you? And he goes on, he says, look, you're trying to observe days and months, you know. And verse 11 is interesting. Paul says, I'm afraid of you. In other words, I'm, I'm very fearful of you, lest I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. Here's, I'm going to tr- see if I can translate it into how we would say it down in Pleasant Garden. Paul's saying, look, have I wasted my time on you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, did I labor in vain? Um, did my message of the true gospel not do a bit of good? <laughs> you know, uh, but Paul is saying what, he, what he's really saying is, look, I'm begging you, turn to what is true and stay with it. He does, and he gets very personal then in verse after he states this about them turning again to this weaker way, you had a higher road, you're taking the low road, someone would say. But notice what he does in verse 12. Brethren, that here's he's bringing back a relationship. This is what I have with you. I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. He says, have you not injured me at all? You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel or messenger of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, this is what you would have done. You would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me, Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Alex, verses 12 through 16, he brings back a memory to them of what had happened in his life and their relationship. The Judaizers, these are the false teachers, had come along and and damaged that, and Paul is is calling them to memory. Two things. He's calling them to memory, to memory that the bondage they were in, and then how they were set free. And now he's calling to memory the relationship he had with them. And he said, listen, remember, how many times do we find those words in the Bible? Remember from where you have fallen. Uh, Peter would write, I remind you to, to look at what Christ has done for you. And that's what Paul is doing here, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I've always loved verse 16 where he had, this is a, a rhetorical question. And, and by the way, a rhetorical question is one where the answer is just very obvious. And Paul, we see a lot of these, like 1 Corinthians 6, 19, where he says, What? Don't you know that you're not your own? 
And of course, the answer is, you're right. Here's a question. Paul says, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? And the answer is no. In fact, the person who tells you the truth is actually the person who loves you. Bert, this morning I was on a phone call and um, I was being asked about how can the church um, address the subject of homosexuality and transgenderism. And a person called to sort of pick my brain a little bit and they said, well, regarding the subject of homosexuality, what should we tell people? And I said, well, I think we need to tell people what the Word of God says, that it's a sin, it can be forgiven, but unrepentant sin will keep you out of heaven. I mean, if if the thing that prevents you from turning to Christ is your love of a certain sin, well, according to 1 Corinthians 6, you know, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. So they said, well, people get angry about that. I said, well, we're not being the bad guy because we're telling the truth. In fact, the the most appropriate thing that we can do is to tell people the truth. So that Galatians 4.16, where Paul says, look, am, am I your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? That's a verse that's a very appropriate verse for our times. Would you agree? It is. It is. And... And notice he jumps to verse 17 about those who were not speaking the truth. You know, mm-hmm. what a transition. Yes. That is really a transitional question from what he had done and what these Judaizers, and I haven't got a lot of time to read it, but I've got to read it. They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. Alex? Paul wasn't interested in him getting the glory. He wanted Christ to get the glory. He wanted them to come in relationship with Christ. And these Judaizers was undermining that and say, no, come to us. We've got a better idea. No, they don't. It's Christ and Christ alone. Hey, we're going to take questions. And that number, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you today. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Buck. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Friday edition of Washington Watch, last week... No more tolerance for abusive actions by monopolies. But is it really just another power grab by the federal government? Parents are not happy with classroom indoctrination and the radical policies they're pushing. Washington Watch, weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Today, some professing Christians assert that critical theory, critical race theory, and intersectionality are helpful tools for the church. These people have an appearance of godliness, but their assertions deny the sufficiency of God's word to guide the church in living out the reconciliation Jesus secured for us on the cross. Make no mistake, as Paul told Timothy, the God-breathed, 
Scripture is sufficient for teaching, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Those who have an appearance of godliness but deny the power of God's word for doctrine and practice must be identified and avoided. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus says in Luke chapter 5, verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A worried mom and dad waited for years to hear their little boy's first words. During his first four years, they heard not one word from him. Then one morning at breakfast, he said, these eggs are cold. His parents were thrilled and relieved, but they said, son, why have you waited until now to say anything to us? He replied, up to now, everything's been fine. Well, everything is not really fine with us. I'm thankful that I'm a redeemed sinner, a heaven-bound sinner, and a sanctified sinner. But the truth is, I'm still a sinner in need of Jesus Christ. We need Him, and He wants us never to forget that. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about you know, we often say that the Bible is just not a book that man could have written. Now, tomorrow, we're going to pick up at Galatians 4.19. Go ahead and read that and in preparation for tomorrow, if you would. And tomorrow, when we pick up at Galatians 4.19, that is one of the most miraculous verses. It is profound. And I would submit to you, it is not a verse that could have come about by the ma- mind of man. So I'll explain further tomorrow. This is the time on the show where we take calls, and you can call in with a Bible question. We would be so honored to hear from you. That number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I do want to remind everybody that Truth for a New Generation is coming up October 15 through 17. You can go to Truth for a new generation.com and we're going to have frank turek cindy rio cw jackson myself a lot of seminars but we're going to talk about how your church can build a youth ministry that really does evangelize and disciple millennials and younger truth for new generation.com south carolina october 15 through 17 i hope to see you there right now bert how about we go to the college you ready for that i'm ready brother where are we going to go first to- one of my favorite places in all of the world, the great state of Texas, where we talk with John. Welcome to the program, John. Hey, Bert and Alex, it's John, your good Catholic that loves your show. <laughs> right on. Amen. You, you guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, hey, uh, now, I agree totally what the Catholic Church teaches, too, that homosexuality is a sin. But you have to understand we're all sinners. Okay, we have to love the sinners because we too are sinners. Now, here's an interesting way to look at it. I hope this inspires you a little. Okay, we're made in the image of God, right? Right. Okay. Well, 
mentally, we would resemble God the Father. Physically, we would resemble Jesus Christ. Spiritually, we would resemble the Holy Spirit. So when the devil looks at us, he sees God. That's why he hates humanity. Okay, so when we look at somebody, we're looking at somebody that resembles the Holy Trinity. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist. You're still made in the image of God. We've got to love everybody. Amen, Amen. John. That reminds me of the, by the way, I, I'm just going to use it. I, we've got a film that you need to see in his image. And uh, listen, it is in his image dot movie. Isn't that right? Yes. yes in his image actually, yeah. dot movie. And, and John, you're right. It does help us see how we're to love those individuals who are in sin, even those that are promoting things that are anti-God. doesn't mean we don't love them, but it doesn't mean we uh, capitulate and agree with them. We stand strong on the word, but we try to stand in love. It's just exactly what was said here today. Uh, Alex, when you was talking about that question that uh, that uh, Paul was asking, you know, a kind of a uh, a question that was, have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? We're not the enemy when we tell you the truth. We're doing our best to be friends, and a lot of times that comes by hopefully building a relationship so they'll be concerned about our thoughts that we give them the Word of God. So, John, Amen. thank you. And and thank you for listening. It really means the world to us. Hey, how about up towards Illinois? Uh, wonderful Illinois, where we meet Larry. Welcome to the program. Hello? Yeah, you're on, Larry. Yeah, you're on, Larry. Welcome. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just listening to that commentary about John. That was great. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm a longtime listener, uh, and uh, I love you guys. Alex, Bert, you know, keep up the good work. Um, what I wanted to uh, comment on was that about being redeemed. We, we're, we're redeemed, bought back for freedom. But we're not free to do just whatever we want. Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here to chapter 5. You know, it says, Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free, and don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Um, when I was over in Korea, um, soldiers had to have a liberty pass to get outside the gate. The reason they had to have that liberty pass, they wanted to make sure that they were going to be a good representative of the United States outside the gate. Well, we're here strangers and pilgrims, and we we are set free. We are redeemed to be his representatives in the earth. Thank you so much for what you guys do. God bless you. Amen, Larry. You are a good word. Listen, I've been trying to keep from jumping to chapter 5, verse 1, ever since the starting chapter 1, verse (laughs) 1. Larry, I love that verse. Stand fast in the liberty. Alex, Praise God. I, we, when we get there, we may spend the whole time on that one verse. We'll see. But thank Amen. you, Larry. Amen. A good word. Bob in Texas, you are on Exploring the Word. Thank you, Alex. Uh, I got a good one for you guys. I hopefully think that this is going to make everybody do a little more thinking. I would love to know your guys' take on Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians 6 where Paul says, we have done all we can do, we have prepared, we have prayed, we have taken our stand by all means. When he says by all means, 
does every single person have the same means? And what is the root word of by our means we understand? Now, where is that? Requote that again. Bob, where is that found? Ephesians what? I, I believe it's Ephesians 6 where Paul says, when we have done all we can do, we have taken our stand, oh. we have prepared. We have... Oh. Okay, bad connection. Go ahead, Alex. And where it says, and having done all to stand. Do you remember that? Is that it, Bert, that he's talking about? I think so. Yeah, and that would be Ephesians 6, 13. Yeah. Um, let, let me read this, if you would. Ephesians 6, 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And by the way, we've, we've taught on this before, how you know our spiritual warfare and our tools of protection are compared to a soldier's armor, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, it's interesting the word for stand there in the Greek is the word, we get a, a word from that, stanchion. Like, if you've ever seen, like, um, well, let's say you're in line at the airport or something, or anywhere, and the queue, you know, there'll be these posts set in the concrete, and they might have these um, retractable, looks like a seat belt, to hold the line straight. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, Bert? Yeah, right, they, yes. Well, the, the, those columns are called stanchions, and they're, um, you know, fixed. And that that's the word there, having done all to stand, basically like a pillar set in concrete. Amen. That's the implication of that word there, that our consistency for the Lord would be comparable to that. And, and doing that, I, I just want to tell you, they will see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Now, what you're doing while you're while you're living this life that hopefully uh, would demonstrate Jesus in us, it's a life of service, Alex. You know, uh, we we do talk a lot. Man, pray, read your Bible, worship. I I, I try to add serve the Lord. You know. And because Jesus came not to be served, but to what? Serve. And and we do it with gladness. You remember that old hymn, Serve the Lord with Gladness? Amen. And, and we're to do it with a joy in our heart, and they'll see that. And, and listen, people need to see the joy of Jesus Christ in our lives as we go through that cue of life. You catch what I'm saying, yeah, Alex? Good you know, one, good one. As we go through that and we see all the hooks and the crooks that we go through and they're observing that, let them see Christ in you. Hey, Bob, Amen. thank you, brother. Always good to hear from you. Uh, down in Mississippi, Richard in Mississippi, you are on Exploring the Word. Hello. Yes, Hi. go ahead, brother. Good. It's uh, Proverbs 1, uh, 24 through 28. Does that mean uh, some people might wait too long to call on God and uh, find repentance, or uh, people who backslidden too long? Cause, uh, Proverbs and then they one twenty four through. Yeah, Proverbs uh, one twenty four through twenty eight. Because I have called and you refused, I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but you have set at naught all my counsel and would not hear any of my reproof. Yeah, I mean. Bert, you feel free to jump in, but, okay, Jesus and salvation is compared to knowledge and truth. Verse 7 of chapter 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so it says, you know, wisdom cries out 
come to me. And um, yeah, I, I think knowing what we know about the gospel, we could say, yeah, I mean, there comes a time uh, at which the God who has called out to you for your whole life, there may come a time when either you no longer can even hear or God doesn't call anymore. Now, uh, Bert, what do you say? Well, I, I have, you, you go through this, you harden your heart. Uh, when you harden your heart so hard that you cannot hear, uh, does God give up on a person like that? Um, I, it's hard for me to say, definitely, but I put it this way. Just like with alcohol, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not drink alcoholic beverages. The Bible doesn't say that. But it warns you about using it and especially the misuse of it. The Bible warns us about saying no to God. And the more you say no, the greater the danger. And will there be a point of no return? I... I've talked to some people who, who have told me they did not feel God's calling them any longer. They had said mm. no for so long. Don't play that game. Don't go there. Say yes to him today. Uh, Alex, uh, regard, if what that says, it brings some seriousness to the discussion. We better stay right with God and get right today, hadn't we? Absolutely. Turn to the Lord while you have an opportunity. Uh, we're going to go to John in Mississippi. And by the way, folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word. You can hear this show again on AFR.net. All the shows are archived. And del- download those podcasts, forward the link on, share this with somebody, uh, AFR.net and the AFR mobile app. But uh, John in Mississippi, thank you for holding, and, and we're honored to have you on the program. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. You're my brothers in Christ. Hey, I'll see you on the other side of Jordan, okay? Uh, <laughs> hey, beautiful. Uh, uh, hey, Psalms 59.16, it's one of my memory verses, uh, and it has three lines. The third line, it says, You have been my stronghold and refuge in the day of my distress. The word day... It hit me. I was, as many times as I've looked at it, that word day has a capital D. And I'm thinking, why does it have a capital D? I feel like I might be missing something there. Okay. And that's an amplified version, by the way. Okay. Well, my new, new, the one I have doesn't have that capital D. Does yours, Alex? Actually, mine doesn't either. Uh, but I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Uh, mine, mine doesn't um, have it capitalized. Bert, um, I thought the question might be the day of my trouble. What does that mean? Uh, in a way, I would say that's life down here. What do you think, Bert? I believe it is. I, Jack Taylor, a great preacher. I mean, he was in what we call in Southern Baptist life, the fullness movement, the spirit-filled life. And he'd say, he's found out in life. He said, I'm just getting out of trouble, uh, or I'm in trouble, or I'm headed for trouble. Uh, and again, that that's amplified what it's saying. Yes, it's a day of difficulty. Hey. I know this. I'd say this, John. Some days, those days of difficulty, it is capitalized D. You know what I mean, Alex? Yeah. Some days are deeper 
and difficult than others. Go with D all the way. And I've, I've got to say this. I know time is short. Uh, I just looked it up in a Hebrew lexicon. Interesting. Okay, the Hebrew word for day is yom, Y-O-M. And like in Genesis, God created in six days. Morning and evening were the first day, yom. So a day can make a 24-hour period, right? But it can also be an age. The wording here, Psalm 59, 16, he's been my defense in the day of my trouble. The Hebrew literally means the days on the day. In a way, and we'd have to search this out some more, I think it can mean an individual given day or it can mean our whole life. But either way, on this journey, God is with us. What was it Job said about man born and a woman in full of trouble? Mm -hmm. Um, It is. That's the reason. Listen, we're not going to have time to do a good job answering any more questions today. Got two or three things I want to do. Hey, we got a full load. We call back. We'd love to talk with you. But I found this out, Alex, you know. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have difficulties. I think we need to be honest with people and say, when you come to Christ, it doesn't mean everything is going to be roses unless you understand roses have thorns, you know? Mm. And, and So, Bert, are you saying um, if, if I become a Christian, does that mean all my problems will <laughs> evaporate and it's just going to be milk and cookies for the rest of my life? It is not going to be. You're still going to have to pay your bills. I'm telling Uh-oh. you that. And you've got to, and I want to say, but you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. One thing, we had Jerry from Mississippi was had a question about suicide. Jerry, we'd love to get to your question. But on Wednesday, uh, this coming, uh, Wednesday the 28th, Wednesday the 28th, we've got a special program concerning suicide. Alex and, and Jim Stanley and myself sat down, and for a whole hour, did our best to give a biblical response to suicide. So remember that, and I'd I'd ask everybody. I think that's one of those that you'll want to listen to and hear the podcast and send it to people who have questions. Alex, it's been good to be with you today, brother. Absolutely. Folks, I know we had uh, right many calls we just couldn't get to today. We will do our best. If you'll listen again and call back tomorrow, folks, we thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Tell somebody about the show. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.